Hi, y'all. This is Lee. Welcome to Hashing It Out with Lee Montgomery. Today, we're going to be talking about flares and how they can look different for Hashy Girls at different stages of their journey. So I wanted to talk about different, I guess, types of flares or different places you can be in your journey and how to know whether or not you're actually in a flare, right? And so a couple of the things that I always consider is the undiagnosed Hashy Girl. Maybe her current symptoms are actually a flare, but they're what get her to the doctor. Sure. So this is when it it got bad enough that she noticed something was wrong. Yes, absolutely. So we actually see this a lot. So it's, it's typically when the symptoms create enough pain, which they're actually in a flare, they just don't know it yet, that they'll actually pick up the phone and make that appointment. So that's the undiagnosed Hashi girl. And this is what usually leads to that official diagnosis, or at least on the journey to getting the correct lab work. We know how that goes as a Hashi girl. So number two, you may be a diagnosed Hashi girl who's controlled on medication. So maybe you're a hypothyroid Hashi girl. You're controlled with Levo or Synthroid or Armor, MP thyroid, whatever medication you're taking, and you're feeling great. And then all of a sudden you hit a wall or you have symptoms again. This could be a flare, could be part of your journey. And we've got to figure out, what's causing that flare. Another place you could be, and this is what where I land, is you could be in remission and begin to have symptoms again, thyroid symptoms again. And I've had this, let's see, I've been in remission for four years now, and I have had one true flare since remission. And it came about very slow. <laughs> By the time that I caught it, half of my hair was gone. Wow. So it does happen. So just because you're in remission, again, if you start to have symptoms, it should there should be a light bulb that goes off that says, hey, what's off in my body? What's going on? Could this be Hashi's um, rearing its ugly head again? And so I just want to note here that if you've been diagnosed and you've started meds, but you have yet to change your lifestyle or nutrition, then it's most likely not an actual flare. It's just part of the disease progression. So this might be a great wake-up call to remind you that Hashi's is a progressive disease, but the symptoms are cumulative. And making these key changes regarding lifestyle, regarding nutrition might actually benefit you. So this is might be your wake-up call to say, hey, what else can I do besides pop the pill? Right. Because that's uh, a lot of times we get girls and I was one of these girls that was not treating any autoimmune aspects of Hashimoto's. I was treating it like, oh, I'm hypothyroid, but I was not paying attention to the fact that Hashi's is actually an autoimmune disease. Yes. And if if you found our podcast, you'll know that while we do believe that we need physician care, right there, we have to have them to prescribe our meds. Many of our conventional doctors, our MDs, Um, that aren't trained in functional medicine or integrative medicine, many times are just simply prescribing medication to our Hashi girls and telling them that's all they can do, that changing the way they eat, addressing lifestyle is not going to make a difference. And I will just encourage you to, I'm not telling you to disregard your doctor, but give it a shot, guys. If you don't feel good, this may be the thing that's a game changer for you. So Yes, I'm on a soapbox right now, but (laughs) moving on, I'm very passionate that lifestyle and nutrition is what actually put me into remission, not the medication. 
So typical signs that a flare is coming on or typical signs that you see within a flare. And a lot of these guys are just, they're actually hashy symptoms, right? They're hypothyroid symptoms. But if you've had the symptoms, you've treated them and you've balanced out, you no longer have the symptoms and then they come back, we have to question, are we in a flare? Is there something causing that? So here are the, the most common ones that we see. You begin to experience cold hands and feet again. Acute onset of excessive hair loss. So I am the girl that's in remission, and this was my biggest symptom that something was off is when my hair started to fall out significantly. Extreme fatigue that doesn't get better with proper sleep or rest. Change in your menstrual cycle. You might have a shorter cycle. You might have, have heavy clotting periods. Some girl lo girls lose their cycle altogether. So is your cycle significantly different than what you're used to? That could be a symptom. Joint pain that sticks around longer. Brain fog. You have trouble thinking. You find yourself word finding for basic words. Lack of restful sleep. Insomnia. You can't fall asleep. Maybe you can fall asleep, but you can't stay asleep. Feeling of anxiety, depression, or panic attacks surface again. Adrenal fatigue symptoms. Digestive symptoms. Mood swings. Irritability. So the list goes on and on. And these are just the common ones that we see most of the time. Right. Um, again, for me, it's excessive hair loss. That is usually my telltale. Something's going on. Your first sort of sign that something's happening. And I like what you said, Lee, because I think it's important that we kind of note that these are symptoms of Hashimoto's. So that's a flare is basically when your Hashimoto's flares up again. So it's not, you know, I know you're going to talk about sickness and things like that later on, but a Hashi flare is your Hashi symptoms coming back, them coming back after you've eliminated them or after you've really lessened them. When those start to come back, that's how we know we're in a flare. Yes, something's off. I love that. So how do you know? How do you know? Is it an actual flare? What's going on? So many times we find that there are actually warning signs before becoming a full-fledged flare. So a lot of times... We, I, whoever can prevent the flare by identifying future stressful events and putting a plan in place, right? So knowing ahead of time, like something, an event is going to happen, puts you in a position to plan or ch make changes in your life to prevent yourself from going into a flare. So the longer I've lived with this, the better I've actually got at recognizing and making these adjustments to avoid my downward spiral. So for example... My husband recently had a total hip replacement, like recently as in last April. So it still feels like yesterday. <laughs> but knowing that I was going to be carrying more weight for our family temporarily, I put boundaries in place for a couple of weeks um, ahead of time because I knew that I was going to be taking on more responsibility because he was basically going to be bedridden or on minimal, very light duty as a husband for a couple of weeks. So I accepted help from friends and family with meals, with kids practices. I made sure to focus on a solid sleep schedule, which meant saying no to things that I would have otherwise loved to do. Even for example, my birthday is in April. Right. And we just celebrated at home because we knew that we had to have boundaries there. Right. Not a big deal. I ensured I kept up with my hydration. I made note of what I was consuming and I'm not talking about just food podcasts, TV, news, I really limited and put boundaries around like stressful things that could possibly stress me out. Right. 
I knew I was going to have some less than stellar nights being a caregiver. And so I was very intentional with myself, with my sleep, with controlling my stress. Even the intensity of my workouts changed during that time so that I could make sure that I was giving the proper, proper care to myself so that I wouldn't end up in a flare. Well, and it's interesting you talk about that, Lee, because being able to put a plan in place is something that as you progress on your journey, you kind of start to recognize, oh, this is a time that we would need that. One of the ones I've noticed lately with a lot of our girls, um, Lee's helped a lot of girls with uh, through her Thriving ha- through Hashimoto's program who are struggling with fertility issues. And a lot of those girls are having babies right now. And so it's really exciting for us. But for new moms, it's like super scary because mm-hmm. you know you're going to be up late. You know if you're going to breastfeed. You know if you're going to do all of these new parenting tasks, whether it's first baby or, you know, second, third, fourth baby. Um, that would be when I would say I struggled with reaching out. I needed to, even though it was with my second baby, I knew I had hashies going in and I did not do a good job of saying, I'm going to need help. I'm going to need extra sleep support. I'm going to need these other things in place. And because I didn't do that, my hashies got much, much worse after my last pregnancy and to do with hormones, but also to do with, I just didn't take any precautions before I stepped into that role as being a mom of a little newborn baby Mm -hmm. again. Yeah. And it's so important because, you know, as women, as many of us moms, we don't want to ask for help because it's almost like we're admitting that we're failing at what we're doing. We're not great at what we're doing. And that's not true, guys. We have a lot on our plate. And so when you find yourself in this situation, whether it's being a caregiver for a husband, a parent, having a newborn baby at home, it's okay if you have a friend that calls and says, is there something I can do for you? You could say, hey, I would love for you to drop dinner by. Take that off your plate. Or would you mind coming and sitting with the baby so I can take a shower? Right. You know, absolutely. Help me do a couple of loads of laundry. You're not failing as a mom, as a woman, when you ask for that help. In fact, as a friend, I would feel awesome if someone allowed me to help them, you know, like absolutely. to be a part of that journey. So I just encourage you here. It's okay to ask for help. And listen, if you don't want to ask your friends or your family, you can always hire help by getting meal prep. Absolutely. You know, using a lot where Liza lives, (laughs) they have a laundry service here. She can drop her laundry off. And like, not only is that great for Liza, but think about what an awesome gift that would be for a new mother. Oh, amazing. That's one of my favorite things to give people is, uh, Instacart memberships. Yes. Oh, for like a new mom when you, you do not want to go grocery shopping with your baby. Or maybe you do, but I did not ever want to go grocery shopping with the newborn. So it was so nice to be able to take some of those things off our plates. So that's one of the things that Lee does in her course that I found really, really helpful was um, being able to say, here's some solutions that you have to kind of problems you didn't really know you could outsource and you could kind of prepare for. Yeah. It's, it's a good quality to have and to practice because it does take practice. I still have trouble sometimes, not going to lie. So another thing that I like to ask myself when we're going through, like trying to drill down, is this a flare? Is it always a flare? Is that what's going on? Or you just run down and getting sick. So you really want to ask yourself, what's going on in my world right now? An acute illness will usually present itself within hours or days of symptoms. So a true flare may add 
excuse me, back up here, whereas a true flare can come on slowly over time. So sometimes they're a little harder to identify. Right. So when you start feeling maybe a little run down, a little more tired, you know, start asking yourself questions like, am I getting sick? Was there anybody in my household that's been ill lately? You know, with the flu, with the other thing going on right now, you never know, right? Even with seasonal allergies, where we live in Texas, cedar is like insane right right now. And sometimes the symptoms with cedar allergies absolutely mimic a flare, you know, a flare coming on. So ask yourself, what's going on outside of this? Could this be illness? Could this be allergies? Or am I trending towards a flare? Right. And one of the things you said that was really helpful for me when it comes to identifying this is timeline, right? Mm -hmm. If you're getting sick, it's going to happen within the month. It's going to happen within days. It's going to happen within weeks versus a flare. You need to look back. And if it's been six weeks, if it's been eight weeks, Mm -hmm. if it's been 12 weeks, okay, this doesn't, this is not an acute illness anymore. This is a culmination of symptoms coming back. Absolutely. So once you identify something is definitely off. I always encourage our hashy girls, don't wait too long to go get tested. Now, I know not everybody has great insurance or maybe you're paying out of pocket, but find those lab places that you can go and get reasonably priced labs, whether it's through your doctor or the self-lab testing places, some of the mail order ones. They have some pretty decent lab rates now. Simple lab work can give you answers, guys. You know, we're testing the TSH, the free T3, free T4, free T3, your TPO antibodies. You could test CRP levels for inflammation. Knowing that could give you answers quickly, right? It's simple. But you also got to keep in mind that the better you get at identifying a flare up front, the quicker you catch it. The quicker you catch it, your labs may not actually reflect what's going on in your body yet. So it's not always about the lab work. Typically, though, like for me, by the time my hair is falling out, my TSH is pretty elevated. So it's worked very well for me. But it is, again, don't wait too long because if if that's if your lab work is showing, you've been in a flare for a minute. Right. And it's time to move forward with doing something to get that into control. Okay, so. What if after listening to all of this, you find yourself, you're truly in a flare. You're like, Lee, I've answered all the questions. I know I'm in a flare. Well, you're going to hate this answer, but it truly depends. And the best answer that I always go back to is we've got to get back to the basics. It's boring, guys. It's super boring. There's no, I think when people ask me like, Lee, I think I'm in a flare. What do I do? What's the next step? You can go through my entire text thread with all of the clients and I'm going, Let's go back to the basics. What is that exactly? So first, I'm going to ask you to identify outside factors that may be contributing to the current state. Are you going through stress at work? Is there stress in the family? Are you, do you have an overly busy schedule right now? Hello, moms with multiple kids and multiple sports. <laughs> Amen. Overtraining? Because you're so stressed out that you have to go to the gym to relieve that stress. But the last thing we need to be doing during a flare is overtraining. So it's a, it's a hot mess, and you right? You see that in, with a lot of your CrossFit hashy girls. We have a lot of CrossFit yes. hashy girls that come to us because Lee comes from that background as well. And we see that a lot with our CrossFit girls because they 
do not want to stop working out right. or they do not want to change that. Um, but sometimes there you've got to mitigate what's going on and what's causing this really heavy stress in your yes. life. We don't always want to fight fatigue and stress with over exercise. <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't always work. Maybe it's still a day stress, or two. Right? It's still it's, stress. It's good stress, but it's still stress. Yeah, but maybe going home and go to bed would do you better. <laughs> so overtraining, um, chronically under eating. If you're chronically eating in a calorie deficit, this could put you in a flare. Eating outside your boundaries too often. What do I mean by that? I always go back to the holidays. When I have people come to me in January that they think they're in a flare, I go back to what did the holidays look like for you? Did you go off your plan? Whatever that is, maybe maybe you minimize gluten or you cut gluten out, but you've had more gluten than you've ever had since Thanksgiving. Remember, we had back-to-back holidays, right? Right. As Americans. So have you overconsumed gluten? Did you let dairy slip back in? You know the things that affect your body. What does that look like? Because sometimes when we loosen up those boundaries too much with what we're eating, we can send our body into a flare. Remember, foods that our bodies are sensitive to cause stress on our bodies. It's another form of stress that we have to be aware of. And then I say control what you can. Control the sleep. Implement some stress management, whether it's acute stress, chronic stress, consumption. Again, what are we pouring into our bodies? What news are we watching What podcasts are we listening to? Um, Even the friends we surround ourselves with. What does our circle look like? Right. And what you're scrolling through, right? Like, are you taking on other people's drama from Facebook and Instagram and whatever else? Maybe it's time to clean up the social media feed, guys. (laughs) Looking at your busy schedule, can you carpool with some people that are going to practice? Can you ask your husband for help? Can you ask a friend for help? Can you ask a grandparent for help? Think about... Any recent surgeries, any recent, even minor procedures can send us into a flare. Sicknesses. I've had a lot of people that have flared post COVID. Mm -hmm. We have to be aware of that. Um, And then going back to nutrition basics, hydration, gentle movement for your body, simple, simple things. And if you go back to the basics for a solid couple of weeks, most people slowly and surely start working their way out of the flare. And so... At the end of the day, Hashi Girls, as you progress on your healing, your Hashi healing journey, you will learn more about what a flare looks like for you, for you specifically, and how to prevent them more often than not. So I just want to end this with, if you find this helpful, we'd really love for you to follow us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening from. And thanks for bringing me along on your journey. We are absolutely loving this part of our journey, I guess, in doing the podcast and being able to actually talk to you. So y'all have a wonderful day and we'll chat again soon. 